My name is Professor Rachel Bodell, and you're listening to The Bible in a Year, The Story Podcast, where we encounter a living God that is calling us to live a life from, with, and for Him. This podcast is designed to help you listen to the one connected story of the Bible and understand it perhaps just a little bit better by learning from biblical scholars that have helped me. We will read the Bible out loud and explore how the one connected story of the kingdom of God is unfolding and how we fit into that story today. This is day 58, and I'm reading from the NIV version of the Bible, Numbers 6, Deuteronomy 6, and Psalm 90. Numbers 6, the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, If a man or woman wants to make a special vow, a vow of dedication to the Lord as a Nazarite, they must abstain from wine and other fermented drink and must not drink vinegar made from wine or other fermented drink. They must not drink grape juice or eat grapes or raisins, as long as they remain under the Nazarite vow. They must not eat anything that comes from the grapevine, not even the seeds or skins. During the entire period of their Nazarite vow, no razor may be used on their head. They must be holy until the period of their dedication to the Lord is over. They must let their hair grow long. Throughout the period of their dedication to the Lord, the Nazarite must not go near a dead body, even if their own father or mother or brother or sister dies. They must not make themselves ceremonially unclean on account of them, because the symbol of their dedication to God is on their head. Throughout the period of their dedication, they are consecrated to the Lord. If someone dies suddenly in the Nazarite presence, thus defiling the hair that symbolizes their dedication, they must shave their head on the seventh day, the day of their cleansing. Then on the eighth day, they must bring two doves or two young pigeons to the priest at the entrance to the tent of meeting. The priest is to offer one as a sin offering and the other as a burnt offering to make atonement for the Nazarite because they sinned by being in the presence of the dead body. That same day, they are to consecrate their head again. They must rededicate themselves to the Lord for the same period of dedication and must bring a year-old male lamb as a guilt offering. The previous day, do not count because they became defiled during their period of dedication. Now, this is the law of the Nazarite when the period of their dedication is over. They are to be brought to the entrance to the tent of meeting. There they are to present their offering to the Lord, a year-old male lamb without defect for a burnt offering, a year-old ewe lamb without a defect for a sin offering, a ram without defect for a fellowship offering, together with their grain offerings and drink offerings and a basket of bread made with the finest flour and without yeast, thick loaves with olive oil mixed in and thin loaves brushed with olive oil. The priest is to present all these before the Lord and make the sin offering and the burnt offering. He is to present the basket of unleavened bread and is to sacrifice the ram as a fellowship offering to the Lord, together with its grain offering and drink offering. Then at the entrance to the tent of meeting, the Nazarite must shave off the hair that symbolizes their dedication. They are to take their hair and put it in the fire that is under the sacrifice of the fellowship offering. After the Nazarite has shaved off the hair that symbolizes their dedication, the priest is to place in their hand a boiled shoulder of the ram and one thick loaf and one thin loaf from the basket, both made without yeast. The priest shall then wave these before the Lord as a wave offering. They are holy and belong to the priest, together with the breast that was waved and the thigh that was presented. After that, the Nazarite may drink wine. This is the law of the Nazarite who vows offerings to the Lord in accordance with their dedication, in addition to whatever else they can afford. They must fulfill the vows they have made according to the law of the Nazarite. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, This is how you are to bless the Israelites. 
Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Deuteronomy 6. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear Israel and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey. Just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them as you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as a symbol on your hand and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. When the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large, flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then, when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery." Fear the Lord your God, serve him only and take your oaths in his name. Do not follow other gods and the gods of the people around you. For the Lord your God who is among you is a jealous God and his anger will burn against you and he will destroy you from the face of the land. Do not put the Lord your God to the test as you did at Massa. Be sure to keep the commands of the Lord your God and the stipulations and decrees he has given you. Do what is right and good in the Lord's sight, so that it may go well with you, and you may go in and take over the good land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors, thrusting out all enemies before you as the Lord said. In the future, when your son asks, what is the meaning of the stipulations, decrees, and laws the Lord our God has commanded you? Tell him, we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Before our eyes, the Lord sent signs and wonders, great and terrible, on Egypt and Pharaoh and his whole household. But he brought us out from there to bring us in and give us the land he promised on oath to our ancestors. The Lord commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear the Lord our God, so that we might always prosper and be kept alive as in the case today. And if we are careful to obey all this law before the Lord our God, as he has commanded us, that will be our righteousness. Psalm 90 Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn people back to dust, saying, Return to dust, your mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. Yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but by evening it is dry and withered. We are consumed by your anger and terrified by your indignation. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. All our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with a moan. Our day may come to seventy years or eighty, if our strength endures, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. 
If only we knew the power of your anger. Your wrath is as great as the fear that is your due. Teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Relent, Lord, how long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, for as many years as we have seen trouble. May your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to their children. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Okay, but honestly, Numbers 6, 24 to 26, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. It's one of my favorite verses of the entire Bible. I don't know if you've heard it, but husband and wife duo Cody Carnes and Carrie Job or Joby <laughs> released a song called The Blessing from the Graves to Garden album in 2020 that seriously blesses my life. If you haven't heard it, there's a version of the two of them singing it on YouTube and what looks like perhaps like a home studio, and it's my favorite version. It's called The Blessing. So number six reminds me of what it's all about, our role and purpose to give God the best of us, to yield to Him in becoming a kingdom of priests for the purpose of giving a blessing and being blessing to others. What's important in giving our best to God is purity and following commands. So my mind went straight to Philippians 4.8 in the New Testament, which we haven't gotten to yet, but this is what came back. When I was thinking about how to put it into practice, the sense of the importance of purity. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, Put it into practice. The second verse that came to mind was 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20, where Jesus asks, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. My daughter and I were reading the Bible last night from the Zondervan Kids Beginner's Bible on page 321, where the author wrote Jesus as saying, you are much more important than birds in the Sermon on the Mount uh, situation. And my daughter, who's six, was upset that Jesus would think we are more important. So I asked her what important means, and she said better. So she reacted to the notion that Jesus was calling humans better than animals. But I explained to her that important in my opinion, ties back to being made in God's image, where he gave us a portion of his power and authority. We were given this special blessing of import to be a blessing to all of God's creation. Yet my curiosity got me and I went looking for the Matthew 6, 26 verse and different versions of the Bible, which wrote the word as important as value, worth, count. And there was one that said better. I thought these words were interesting because they are so often used in business and marketing, but I still felt like this may not be quite grasping the meaning and context because this passage is part of a short narrative about how Jesus takes care of the birds, even though they do not participate in creation in the same way that humans do. And then we, you know, when I investigated other uses of this same word in Greek and other parts of the New Testament, this larger pattern emerged where the word embodies Embodied in order, we're making and carrying difference, appointment, covenant, directed, instructed, commanded are all tethered to this concept. So for me, 
Jesus is not saying we are more important as in better than a bird, full stop. He's saying what God has been saying from Genesis through this story and here in Numbers 4, he has created order where humans are made different in God's image. And this difference is a blessing, but it is also a responsibility as we are appointed into a covenantal role, given instructions to bless others. And we're to trust God to take care of us. And that trust should activate a faithful response to yield and obey, giving God our best, including the serving of others and his creation. I'm constantly reminded that we cannot do the full stop or simply pursue a blessing. The point of the blessing, the privilege, the benefit, the special relationship, special place, special role is to bless others and become a kingdom of priests. The privilege is balanced with this incredible purposeful responsibility. Dr. Gary Miller describes Deuteronomy 6 as God giving Moses a gracious expansion on what life with him life driven by grace, must look like in the context of the Israelites because things were changing. We were reminded of where we came from, and here we are being reminded of the importance of obedience, which starts with hearing and moves to listening. So the concept of active listening is a popular one in organizations today. And what I do like about it is the emphasis on being fully present for the purpose of understanding before trying to respond. God is asking us here to listen and obey with all of ourselves, wholeheartedly. Listening to God's words, commands, identifying with them leads to the right relationship with God or righteousness. That's what right relationship means. And Dr. Miller describes Yahweh's, in quotes, good life in a, in quotes, good land as entirely shaped by covenantal listening. God is continuing the promise of extravagant grace honoring the promises made to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and now Israel. We must not only remember, but as the brand equity model goes for valuing consumers, we must move from a sense of like awareness and remembered association to attachment, like attaching our identity to him and being loyal and being active. There is no, in quotes, good alternative. In fact, we are forewarned that without this type of active listening, we will drift. And to drift is to forget. And it's like falling or failing into paths without warmth or light. Allegiance walks us through awareness to associative knowledge towards attachment, loyalty, and brand ambassadorship, brand activity. For, for God, we are his representatives where we're capable, much more capable of putting God on display as we live with his words and his ways, our vows and his promises in our hearts echo throughout our actions, what we do, don't do, and how we do things. Our children, our work, our communities, in our God-given spheres of influence have the opportunity to see God through us. What an awesome privilege and responsibility. And as Dr. Bill Pollard, former CEO of Service Master, said in his book, The Soul of the Firm, we are all in this process of being and becoming. Don't be discouraged by every mistake in yourself and others, and don't give up. Training for anything, a new sport, a new instrument, it takes practice. It takes time. And there's always more to learn in context. My prayer is that we all become insatiable, active listeners and learners of the Lord to forever improve how we put God on display and fulfill our awesome role in a kingdom with no end.
Pray for me, I'm praying for you. My prayer is this, found in Philippians 1, 9 through 11, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. What is this fruit? It is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Galatians 5, 22 through 24. See you tomorrow.